0: السلام عليك يا أبا عبد الله السلام عليك يا ابن رسول الله السلام عليك يا خيرة الله وابن خيرته السلام عليك يا ابن أمير المؤمنين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, and welcome to episode number nine of Reflections on Ziyarat Ashura, brought to you by Mizan Institute. فَلَعَنَ اللَّهُ أُمَّةً أَسَّسَتْ أَسَاسَ الظُّلْمِ وَالْجَوْرِ عَلَيْكُمْ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ وَلَعَنَ اللَّهُ أُمَّةً دَفَعَتْكُمْ عَمْ مَقَامِكُمْ وَأَزَالَتْكُمْ عَمْ رَاتِبِكُمُ الَّتِي رَتَّبَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِيهَا وَلَعَنَ اللَّهُ أُمَّةً قَتَلَتْكُمْ we reach this segment of the ziyara in which the Imam is sending his la'na upon different groups of people that we'll talk about. There are a few points inshallah I want to discuss in regards to this segment. But before getting into the Latin part, the whole thing begins with the letter Fa. In Arabic, when you use the letter Fa between sentences, it shows that there is a connection between them, one being the cause of the other, and the other being the outcome of the prior one. So for example, in Arabic, you will say, جَاءَنِي صَدِيقِي فَأَكْرَمْتُهُ my friend came, and so I hosted him, I honored him, I took care of him. Him coming to me had an outcome, had a result. It resulted in him having a good time with me, me taking care of him. So this is something that happens all the time in the Arabic language. Now here in the ziyara, it is linking the la'na and the cursing of different groups of people it's linking it to what came before. Well, what came before this segment? It was talking about how this was a great musibah, a great tragedy, unbearable, upon all of the people of Islam, upon all of the inhabitants of the heavens even. So if it's such a great tragedy, as a result of it being unbearable, being such a horrible thing that took place, being something that should not have taken place, as a result, so, fa la'anallahu May Allah curse the ones who, all the way till the end. So that's one point I want to show, point out here, is that this uh, ziyarah is t- letting us know that it was such a great thing that it warrants and allows one to send la'na on those who caused it. So this la'na that we say, this cursing that we say, what does it exactly mean? lana in Arabic, if you look it up in the dictionary, and we've heard this a lot, it means to ask for and to wish for the mercy of God to be kept away from somebody. And of course, this will be the result of us disliking that individual. But the question is, do we send Latin on people that we just dislike, or is there more to it? This is a discussion that we'll have later, the love and hate that we have in religion. For now, let's break down this segment. We have about four groups that are mentioned here um, that had something to do with Ashura. So, the greatness, the significance, the tragedy of Ashura allows four groups of people to be cursed and La'na be sent upon them. There is one thing to remember though as we go through this no names are mentioned. But later on in the ziyarah, in other segments, and other parts where la'na is sent, you will find that names are mentioned. So the fact that in the ziyara sometimes names are mentioned, but in other times names are not mentioned, it shows that um, this is something deliberate on on the part of the ziyara, That the ziyara wants to keep things general sometimes, and also get specific sometimes. So for example, throughout the ziyarah, you'll have these names of Alu Ziyad, Alu Marwan, Ibn Marjana, Umar ibn Sa'ad, Shemr, these people, Yazid, you even have a mention of Muawiyah. So there will be names that are mentioned and then there will be general uh, La'na's also that are sent. In this segment, it's all general. So there's one group that the Imam is sending his La'na upon. La'anallahu ummatan asasat asas al-dhulmi wal-jawri alaykum. If there was anyone out there who established the foundations of oppression to befall our the Ahlul Bayt alaihi muhsalam Our Imams alaihi muhsalam, may Allah's laa be upon them. That's the first group. The second group, wa ummatan dafautkum ammaqamikum, may Allah's laa be upon those who got in the way of you reaching those ranks that you were supposed to be supposed to reach. Wa dafautkum ammaqamikum excuse me and they removed you from that order that let's say hierarchy that where you were supposed to stand that order that hierarchy that you were supposed to be in that level you were supposed to be at that Allah had chosen for you so this is why we can send Lana on individuals who do such a thing because they are getting in the way of something that Allah had prescribed. رَتَبَكُمُ اللَّهُ فيها. Allah placed you in a certain position, but then others came and removed you. Okay, so this is a big problem. These people are going against Allah Himself. And so that sanctions the La'na upon them. So we have, one, those who established the foundations. Two, those who removed you, O Ahlul Bayt, from that position that you were at, that ranking that you had in Allah's eyes, and Allah had placed you in. The third group of people are those who actually killed you directly. They were involved in killing you. And there were some who weren't directly involved in killing you, but they were ones who paved that way. For example, I would say an example of this would be uh Ubaidullah bin Ziyad. Abaydullah bin Ziyad didn't draw a sword against Imam Hussein, but he's the one who ordered it. So he is part of that process. But of course, it doesn't end at him. It goes all the way back to those who even established the foundations for any dhulm, any oppression to befall the Ahlul Bayt. Alright, so this fourth group is referred to as Those who facilitated it, facilitated this battle of Ashura to take place. Alright, so four groups are mal'oon. Four groups are cursed. Four groups, the imam is wishing that Allah's mercy does not reach them. Now, a question will usually come up. That isn't it better instead of having la'an upon these people, cursing these individuals, isn't it better to ask God to forgive them? Ask God to show mercy to them? This is a question that, you know, comes up here and there, and um, let's talk about that a little bit. You see, brothers and sisters, sometimes somebody is just a sinner. They commit they commit sins, they make mistakes, they go against what God wants, Somet- but the, but their heart is still where it's supposed to be. And they still love the religion, they still love Allah, they still love those that Allah has commanded that we love and follow. Sometimes, no, it's not even about sinning or not sinning. Sometimes this person is an enemy of God straight up, is a staunch enemy of those that Allah has asked the masses to follow. In other words, this person is an enemy of a representative of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let's call it, a vicegerent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Enemy, not just doesn't follow, no, is an enemy while he knows, she knows that they're supposed to follow this person. Okay this person is going to be mal'oon for example in the Quran "Tabat yada abi Lahabin watab aghna anhu wa tab ma ma sayasla naran lahab wa so abu lahab is an example of this and his wife they know who the prophet is they know they're supposed to follow him they go against him the Quran is speaking of him in this way that may his hands be cut this person is going to be in the hellfire etc etc this is what I mean when I say enemies of God. They have made a conscious decision, despite the warnings from God, to willingly choose Jahannam. Well, okay, if they choose damnation and Jahannam, and Allah will give it to them then. The same way some choose Jannah and work for it, and Allah gives it to them. Therefore, these people are doomed anyway. I want us to pay attention to this point. It's a very important point. These people, they have done what it takes to be doomed and damned anyway. And Allah will be punishing them anyway. So when we are sending La'an upon them, two things. One, we are aligning our will with Allah's will. Allah has now willed Jahannam for these people because they willed it for themselves. If Allah wants Jahannam for these people now, then we are also letting Allah know, Oh Allah, we also want Jahannam for them because you want Jahannam for them. Because they themselves wanted it for themselves. They are proper enemies of God. So we have to understand it's just not talking about just some, someone who's committed certain sins in life. It's more than that. This person has made that conscious decision knowingly, willingly, knowing that they, with the decision that they make, with what they're going to do, they're going to end up in Jahannam forever. So, for example, like, uh, what's his name? Umar ibn Sa'ad. Ammar ibn Sa'd, he says this in, in history, it's been recorded that he said, I see myself between Jannah and Jahannam. I have to make a choice. If I choose to kill Imam Hussein that equals Jahannam. This person himself is acknowledging it. He's choosing Jahannam for himself. And so Allah will give him Jahannam. And if Allah is going to give him Jahannam, we are also going to ask for Jahannam for him because we are aligning our will with Allah's will. That's one point. Another point is, these enemies of God, when we choose to have tabarri towards them, bara'a towards them, as the ziyara says, wa min wa wa That, oh Allah, I am disassociating myself. I show my disgust and hate towards these people. I disassociate myself from them. And all of their followers, atbaahim, أَشْيَاعِهِمْ Whoever were the, was their friends, I am disassociating myself from all of them. This is also going to help me try to stay away from them and not live a life that they lived so that I secure my own akhirah. So this idea of asking for mercy for a person that Allah, is, Allah cannot even show mercy towards because Allah is not going to force mercy onto people. The whole point of us being created was for us to willingly through our choice and free will, decide between truth and falsehood when we know one will lead to Jannah, the other will lead to Jahannam. That was the whole point of us coming here. And then Allah is going to say, okay, a person who has chosen Jahannam, I'm going to still give them Jannah. It doesn't make sense. It defeats the whole purpose of creation. If we know that there's still hope for a person who chooses the path of zero hope for their guidance, zero hope for them ending up in Jannah. It just doesn't make sense. And so, for example, take Surah Tawbah verse 80. It, it shows us that there are some people that there is absolutely no hope for them because they themselves have chosen that. And so we don't need to waste our time trying to you know <laughs> invoke Allah's mercy upon them or something. It says, uh, whether you plead forgiveness for them or do not plead forgiveness for them. Now this is the Qur'an speaking to the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Not just some anybody that uh, is going to ask for forgiveness for certain people. No, O Prophet, even if, whether you plead forgiveness for them or do not plead forgiveness for them, even if you plead forgiveness for them 70 times, Allah shall never forgive them. So someone might say, but that sounds mean. Why is that? Isn't Allah all merciful? Isn't Allah more loving than a mother towards her child, etc.? Yeah, that's true. That is 100% true but we cannot forget the point of creation either. If a person has been created for guidance and to be able to choose that guidance but turns away from it willingly, voluntarily, then Allah's not going to come here and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to just go against the whole purpose of, my, of creating you and still take you to Jannah. That was the whole point. For you to choose Jannah and build your own Jannah through your actions and beliefs, through your proper actions and proper beliefs. And so... It is a result of your own choosing and your own choice. So it says Allah shall never forgive them. Why? Because they defied Allah and His Apostle. And Allah does not guide the transgressing lot. The ones who choose to transgress, all right, then they've chosen transgression. It's cause and effect. I choose transgression, Allah gives me transgression. Or excuse me, misguidance. Allah gives me misguidance. It's cause and effect. Just like how you drop an apple, it falls because of gravitational pull. When I do certain things and I embrace certain beliefs and I turn away from the truth on purpose, that's the cause, the effect will be misguidance. I've chosen it for myself. So there's no point in asking for now, uh, asking for guidance for this person. This person, there's no way. And th- that this is why the Quran says, Allahu ala qalbihim. Allah has sealed their uh, hearts their ears and upon their eyes is a veil why because they themselves wanted that they themselves did something to deserve that as much as there is hope Allah will will still you know leave some leeway but sometimes you're just done it's over you have become an enemy of God that's when Allah will say, okay, here you go. This is what you want. Okay, I'll seal your heart because you want, you're sealing your heart. And so there's no room for loving these individuals anymore, these enemies of God. And that's why we have this famous hadith. It's in Usul al-Kafi. illa al-hub wal-burd.' Is religion anything but love and hate? You can't only love in the religion of God. When there are people who hate God, they hate His apostle, they go against them, they kill them, Spill their blood, oppress them, torture them. What kind of love? I mean, even in our everyday lives, this doesn't make sense. How can I love somebody who is hurting everybody that I love? Yes, at the end of the day, I would wish the best for them, and I would wish for them to turn back. But then there's it reaches, it reaches a point where, okay, this person just took my brother's life. Okay, like, do I still love this person? It just doesn't make sense. Yes, in the grander scheme of things, Allah always loves his creation that's for sure but as i said our actions will reach a point where we have sealed our own hearts and allah will say okay then if you're sealing your heart here you go let me seal it for you yeah so this is where this idea of tawalli and tabarri comes to have wilaya with somebody wilaya of somebody but at the same time to have bara'a of others you cannot have wilaya of those who allah has said to have wilaya of but at the same time, have wilayah of those who are against the ones that Allah has said that we should embrace their wilaya? It just doesn't add up. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reach a point where there is no turning back. Now, these individuals who in one way or another, they were behind Ashura. They were behind the killing of Imam Hussein, the way he was killed these people, what's for sure is there's no turning back. As I've said in previous episodes, Karbala isn't one of those incidents where, you know, there's a lot of gray area. You're not sure. No, no, no. Karbala is the embodiment of Haq versus Batil. You can't be on the side of Batil and get away with it here. Everything is just too clear. If you are on the side of Batil, if your heart is with the Batil on Ashura, that means you are an enemy of God. That means you're an enemy of Ahlulbayt. You are an enemy of Rasulullah. And as a result, you deserve the la'na of Allah and the la'na of the la'nin. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalamu alaykum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa ala ala Wa ala ibn al وعلى are all the same.